Okay. Here I am. Hot, 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 hot. Hello, this is Gemma, and well, this is. <clears throat> Hi, welcoming. <laughs> Welcome to a smattering of heresy. This is Gemma. <sighs> Welcome to a smattering of heresy. This is Gemma. I'll work on it. How are you? Welcome to Smattering of Heresy. I am Gemma, and Avery is over there on my bed, looking at me with an expression of disappointment, <laughs> because we left the dog park, which we're never supposed to do. I've been working on this for a couple months, and I keep recording episodes and then editing them because I just wanted to practice, get the hang of it. But then it's, like, never good enough because I don't know what I'm doing. But honestly, even if I did know what I was doing, it wouldn't be good enough. There was a few different times this week where I got the message, stop waiting until it's perfect to begin. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna begin imperfectly. <laughs> and so this is what's happening. My mouth is making sounds into your ear holes. And it's awesome. Throughout my healing journey, there's been different things that have really helped me. There would be times when I was looking up stuff, different specific topics, let's say a specific aspect of the Wheel of the Year, or um, a way of looking at it that I wanted to get more information on, and there wasn't anything online or on YouTube or, or anything that was really relevant. And so for a while, I've been thinking about putting information into the void. So my plan is to talk about paganism and philosophy and healing, sexual autonomy and trauma and gardening. All these different things will kaleidoscope of healing. And if you are listening, you are also probably a goblin person. A welcome. You probably also are really into some of the same things I am. Or all the same things. I don't know. Maybe you also like really like... Oh, okay. Let's see. Top things. Top things I like. I love moss. I love the way it looks, and I love the way it feels. Lichen on trees, as long as the tree's okay. It looks so interesting. I love trees that are really gnarly. We have a lot of gnarly trees in Dallas. They're really old and just bizarre looking, and it's awesome. And I guess the city values them too. The city has like little support beams and stuff to help them. It's really cool. I love a really nice box when the lid goes funk right on top like slides perfectly with like a little funk that's so satisfying hmm. i love the way avery smells and sometimes she smells just like her sister atlas really nice memory it's kind of like tortilla chips i don't know it's a very lovely warm pup smell i like post-it notes i like black coffee i love reading I love nonfiction that's super fact-based and has really clear sources. You let the subject be interesting enough. You have faith in the topic that, without help, it is already dynamic. Just have lots of facts and explain it and let it stand on its own, and who it is on its own is really fucking interesting. 
that's the type of nonfiction I like. Hmm. I like explaining things. I have no doubt that's ego attaching identity to external things and, and 100%. But also a huge chunk of it is not. I get really excited about the stuff I'm learning. Or if something comes up and it reminds me of something that I learned, I want to share it because it's, to me, genuinely interesting and really exciting. And they may be like, Gemma, no one gives a shit about viruses. Why are you on this speech just showing off whatever, you know? To me, it doesn't feel that way. I learned this interesting thing from this interesting person, and you should know it too, because it's real fucking interesting. <laughs> I love human nature, literature, art, exploring the human experience. love dogs and animals, and frogs and toads. They're so cute. Oh, and geckos. Oh my god, they're so cute. And I love mm, reading tarot and using a lot of mysticism and spirituality. So, like, I'm not religious. I'm, like, I'm a big fat skeptic. But I am spiritual to a certain extent. And I love learning about other religions and ways of seeing the world and then just taking what applies personally radical acceptance in Buddhism or meditating. The Wheel of the Year, tarot, and things like that from paganism and Wicca and things. Actually, I made friends with a bunch of witches recently, and they invited me to this event they had for the new moon. And it was really cool. And they had this huge altar to Hecate. There was making of sigils, a cauldron situation, and uh, an oracle oracleizing. Anyway, it was really cool. It was really lovely of them to have invited me to participate in that. They're different solitary practitioners that get together because the main witch owns this really sick magic shop. That was really fucking cool to see her shop, too. That was a few weeks ago, though. Actually, it's almost a new moon again, so I guess it was a month ago. This past moon has been really, really good. My moon mindfulness practice involves a lot of local nature and what's going on around me in nature during this time period and really connecting to that and using that as a frame of reference to bring more mindfulness and intention into my little city mouse life. A lot of the names and concepts around the moon are based in indigenous knowledge, but they're not... <sighs> what's the word? They're not attributed very well. So when I'm researching online, a lot of times it'll just say Native American, and that's kind of it. And so that's like the language I have to go with, but I also fully recognize that there are vast groups of people under that heading. You know, South American, Central American, Canada, and then United States America. There are so many different tribes and peoples, and they all have their own cultures, and it's not information that's Hmm. I was going to say easily accessed, but maybe it is more easily accessible than I'm aware of, and I'm just not putting forth the effort to, like, create the right foundation. I don't know. But for today, I don't have a lot of the correct language. I just have the generalized language that I, that I found in my sources. So like I said, this past moon has been really great. Sturgeon moon, wart moon, red moon, grain moon are all common. And, and the sturgeon moon is one of the most common, so that's the one I went with. The Na Native Americans found this moon to give the best fishing in the Great Lakes. Um, sturgeon. It's just a big time of abundance. 
The lakes of my life are full. Full bellies allow us to put away concerns and arguments. Enjoy mindful gratitude, as this too shall pass. First harvest is here. The summer is ending. It's the last push before fall. Finishing tasks. My intention for the moon was, success is seeking me. There was just a lot of really dope stuff happening around that throughout this time. And so now we're heading into a new moon. Honestly, it might even be today. Let me see. The 5th. Okay, so it's tomorrow. Um, the new moon is tomorrow, where I am. One of the names for this moon is the corn moon, and it's also the harvest moon. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the harvest moon is whichever moon is closest to the autumnal equinox. It's usually in September, but every three years it's in October. So this year is one of the September years. So really both, the corn moon and the harvest moon. It can also be called the hunter's moon, barley moon, and Celtic moon. It's named from the harvesting of corn, which is a primary figure to the Native Americans, one of the three sisters. They would plant three different types of seeds together, and them growing together creates better, stronger plants, and corn is one of those three. So it's one of the three sisters I read in Braiding Sweetgrass. Harvest is a time to reap the rewards of hard work. It also means the earth is cooling down. Give thanks for the summer and prepare for the winter. Clear clutter, invite forgiveness, promote healing, let go, a sense of finishing. In this moon, I am here. I have enough, I have plenty, and there are so many reasons to be grateful. One of the other ways of referring to this moon is the Celtic moon of elation. Hmm. And so for me, I think the focus through this moon cycle is really on being present for the end of summer instead of seeing it as almost the beginning of fall. So really staying focused on elation, on gratitude, on recognizing abundance, recognizing all of the things that are being harvested. And that can be physical, nature, you know, berries and things that are growing around me and, you know, all of the food piled up in grocery stores. But it can also just be harvesting my life in other ways, more metaphorically. Maybe in relationships, in my relationship to myself, in mental health, and having enough space in my mind to recognize things as they're happening and really enjoy them. This moment of laughter between me and my parents, let's say, and recognize this is harvest from years of hard work, getting to a point where we have a good relationship with each other really being present for it, and looking for all of these things to give thanks for. We are here, between the Nasa and the Equinox, in the moon of elation, today closing the Sturgeon moon. <sighs> so in my specific ecosystem, the things that are going on in this time period blazing, obliterating heat. The heat index is always wild, too. At night, there's bonfires where you can just enjoy the moon and the stars and just have this giant fucking fire <laughs> and kick it. My herbs are still alive, and I'm having to put forth a lot of energy to keep it that way. 
August and September and October is when all the plants are dying. Like, they can't make it anymore. They've <laughs> they've done their best all summer. And in this summer, we've had a lot of rain for us, so things are going pretty well. But yeah, everything's turning brown. The honey starts to get darker because the things that they're pollinating are changing. Berries go on sale. There's fireflies in the evening and cicadas, which I fucking love the sound of cicadas. And there are so many because this year is a cicada year, I think. And yeah, I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm actually, now I feel confused about if it was last year or this year. I think, I think it was this year though, but, um, either way, there's a shit ton of cicadas and it's so loud. It's like loud, loud. Like if you had music up, the way it makes your ears feel is how it feels walking under trees in the evening with Avery. The cicadas are just, there's a ton of them and it's such a cool sound. I fucking love it. <sighs> the sunsets are beautiful. It's almost time for camping. It's still too hot, <laughs> but we're getting closer. This time of year in Texas, it's very transitory. It's very tense, which is perfect for the autumnal equinox because the autumnal equinox has so much tension to it. it can't be sustained. It's just one moment of equilibrium and it's so tense and then it falls. September and August have that vibe, especially September, I would say. For the plants, for nature, for us, this level of heat can't be sustained by our ecosystem. We couldn't do this 12 months a year. So we're just enduring, feeling very much in between. And all of this is why I love the Wheel of the Year and Moon Mindfulness. It feels so good to spend time recognizing all of these things in my ecosystem and feeling so connected to it and seeing how those things show up in my life too. Seeing the birds around me or listening to the cicadas, feeling so much more present and so much more connected to what's happening on our planet as it's orbiting the sun and where, you know, my continent is at in general and my my state and my city and feeling more connected to things so much bigger than myself. To tell you the truth, um, a big part of where this podcast came from was I don't have many or maybe any people in my life that have the same interests as me. Most of the people in my life are very, very religious, and it's a very specific um, situation on that, and so uncomfortable with a lot of the things that I enjoy. And that's totally fine, you know, they should do what they feel good about, but it can feel really lonely. So I've been looking into these things and studying and finding it so healing and amazing and interesting for a few years, and I don't really have anyone to share it with. And most of the time, that's great because I am like a little goblin person. I'm super solitary. I'm a little, a little goblin. And that's awesome. And I love and accept that about myself. Thank you, Amelia Fart. Lighten the way on that. Sometimes, though, I feel sad about it. I've been reading A New Earth, and it's fantastic and just mind-blowing. And I've talked to people about it because it's on the less religious and less know-it-all kind of conversation. But there's other things, you know, like documentaries about fungus or just like all these different things that are so interesting and exciting and I don't really have anyone to talk to about them. I have friends, 
but a lot of them live far away, like my sister. She lives on the other side of the country, and the friends I have here, you know, are really busy. Most of my friends are married, and have, some have kids and things like that. You know, they're busy. It's possible to have a longing for more community and more time spent with others and not have any criticism towards my current community. Most of my life is alone with my dog, and I used to hate that. At first it was really hard and I really struggled with loneliness, but, you know, therapy is a real fucking cool thing. And now I value my own time and time with myself. And I know there's a lot of goblin girls out there who feel the same way. Amelia Fart is honestly a hero of mine, and she was really instrumental in changing my perception around being a fucking weirdo and being alone and what time alone can look like and how much freedom you can give yourself. So that's that's the idea <laughs> behind the podcast. I'm really hot. It's really hot where I am. <sighs> so in the spirit of just beginning this podcast, a therapist told me once in New Mexico, someone said something about maybe maybe we don't have to, you know, wait until we're good enough. And she burst out laughing and said, yes, let's not wait till we're perfect to be happy. Let's not wait till we're perfect to be happy. So thank you for sticking with me through this first episode. I'd like to share Rilke in Letters to a Young Poet. He says, Being an artist means not reckoning or counting, but ripening. Like the tree which does not force its sap, but stands confident in the storms of spring, without the fear that after them may come no summer. It does come, but it comes only to the patient, who stand as though eternity lay before them, so unconcernedly wide and still. I learn it daily, learn it with pain, for which I am grateful. Patience is everything.